welcome. I'm Robert Estrin here at virtualsheetmusic.com and livingpianos.com with a very important video. This subject today is what is a sonata? Ah, boy, this is a very, very significant subject that I'm going to try to consolidate down for you to its essence because we could, you could actually take classes, you could study, take a course for a year on what is a sonata. One of the most influential uh, musical forms of all time, arguably. So, what we're going to talk about today is one aspect of what a sonata is. A sonata basically evolved from the Baroque era, which were single movement works, but what we're going to talk about today is the classical era sonata, Mozart, Haydn, and later Beethoven. This form was multi-movement works, but the sonata form is what I want to talk about today. Typically, the first movement of a sonata has a certain structure, sometimes referred to as a sonata allegro form, because the first movement is usually fast or allegro. What is the sonata form and why is it so important? That's what we're going to talk about here. Well, first of all, the fact of the matter is, even though the sonata form was prevalent during the classical era that I referred to, composers in the Romantic era and into the 20th century and up till today still write sonatas and in fact, not just sonatas have sonata form, but chamber music trios and, and um, quartets and symphonies all have this form. So what's so special about it? Well, even pop songs adhere to the sonata form to one extent or another. In the very simplest terms, you could call it an ABA. It's a little more complex than that, but when I talk of ABA, I mean something happens, you have a musical statement, you have something different, and then you have the first statement again. Well, that's very simple, but a sonata is a little more complex, and let's get into the, the nuts and bolts. And for this particular discussion, I'm going to bring up the famous Mozart sonata in C major, K545. Because you, most of you probably know it. Well, the sonata form, yes, is a kind of an ABA, but not exactly. It's more of an ABC form. The A is called the exposition. Why is it called that? Well, it exposes the themes. Typically, you start with one theme, which is the theme I just played. The sonata is in C major, and the theme is in C major. No surprises there. Well, after a while, the theme ends, and you get to the second theme. The second theme is almost always in another key, typically the dominant. The dominant is the key of the five. So if you're in C major for your exposition, first theme, the second theme will usually be in the dominant, which is G major, if it was in C major to begin with. So let's see where that happens here. like we ended. Yes, in fact, the first theme ended and now we have a brand new theme in G major. We just ended the entire exposition section and we're still in G major. And guess what happens now? 
Well, this happens in all sonatas. It repeats back to the beginning. And the entire exposition repeats. So it's very easy to see where you are in the form because when you get to the repeat sign, that's the end of the exposition. So then what happens? Then comes the development. The development is a free use of themes one and themes two. They can do almost anything. They can go in different keys. They can have little fragments. They, they can develop in whatever ways the composer enjoyed developing the theme. Now, in Mozart and Haydn's time and earlier composers like Carl Philipp Emanuel Bach and other and Hummel and early composers, the development was a shorter section. Later in the hands of Beethoven and certainly in the romantic composers like Schumann and later Brahms, the development really expanded to be uh, almost a whole symphonic section into itself. So let's see what happens in this uh, development section a little bit. But before we do, I want to talk about what comes after the development. How do you know when you come to the next section? This is a great question. After the development comes the recapitulation. Now, that's a big word, but recapitulation just means a return to the beginning. Remember at the very beginning of this video, I talked about the fact that it's kind of like an ABA. Well, the return to the beginning, theme one will be in your tonic, and theme two, instead of modulating to the dominant a key, the five notes higher, it stays in the tonic, so the piece ends in the tonic. But now, funny thing that I chose the K545, because he breaks the rules right out of the gate. And this is something you might want to be aware of. It's not like somebody wrote a book, How to Write a Sonata, and composers for hundreds of years decided to read this book and said, this is how I have to write pieces. In fact, the sonata form works because it has a way of being digestible. Themes are introduced and reinforced by repeating them. Then they develop, and just at the point where you feel lost, ah, they come back again, and it's refreshing to, in, to enjoy them again. However, in this particular sonata, Mozart does not return the theme one in C major. He doesn't have a return of theme one at all, except a quasi-return at the end of the development section in the subdominant in F major. That's right, you'll hear the theme in... which still isn't a recapitulation. It's not till the second subject that you get the return, the true recapitulation. Now, why is that? Why is the recapitulation second theme in the tonic instead of the dominant? Well, it's so the piece ends in the key it began in. So listen to the development going into the recapitulation of the Mozart Sonata K545. Thank you. 
And yes, it ends in the key it began in C major. So yes, Mozart broke the rules. What, did he just break the rules in this piece? No, and that's what makes music so great. It's not, it's not a bunch of rules. It's just expectations set up, structures you expect, and the little twists and turns, like a great novel or a Hitchcock movie. That's what keeps you on the edge of your seat, wondering what's going to happen next, because you set up expectations as a composer just to keep the audience captivated. And that's the genius of a Mozart and why a Mozart sonata is so compelling to listen to, and a Hummel sonata, maybe not so much, but maybe worth listening to anyway. Thanks for joining me, Robert Estrin, here at virtualsheetmusic.com and livingpianos.com. I'll see you next time. <laughs>